listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 268. Kid Lord's here with the one, the only, the supremely supportive, hardworking, been on my ass since 8 o'clock this morning, but you also caffeinated me, John Brownstone. Damn straight. You're the wind beneath my wings. Okay, bet. <laughs> I won't sing it because nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Today, we're talking about empathy and the importance of it in your power exchange because we believe empathy is an important skill in general but very important in power exchange welcome to the loving bdsm podcast if this is your first time listening glad to have you if you're back for another week welcome back loving bdsm is produced every friday for your kinky pleasure and education and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review. Or if you can't leave a review on your podcast app of choice, uh, share your favorite episode with your (laughs) kink community. We like that too. All of that helps other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, that's LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. As always, a big shout out, a big thank you, a big OMG, what will we do without you to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We appreciate you so fucking much. If you would like our undying gratitude (laughs) and also access to more content and to more of us and this weird thing we do on the internet, you can become one of our kinky patrons for as little as $2 per month over at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or use the link in the show notes. (laughs) <laughs> so uh before we get into today's topic just your weekly reminder jb is a woodworker a kinky toy maker mm-hmm. i am his shop elf we do all of those things over at thekinkery.com it's a store you can shop ta-da i did the reminder there you go. we will not harp on it we will get into this episode so hmm. um <laughs> empathy is a word that gets thrown around a lot i think it's yeah. a very important thing um i'm going to attempt to preemptively say this because this happens every time we talk about broad topics and things that certainly show up in quote real life i'm not gonna lie my ds is real life but whatever real life <laughs> air quotes around that um yes we know empathy is important in all parts of life yeah uh the world would be better if more of us had a little bit more empathy that is true but today because we are a kink podcast <laughs> we're gonna talk about it in terms of power exchange and i don't need an email or a comment saying well you know empathy is important in all relationships i know yes it is we're gonna talk about it in terms of power exchange and our views on it that's what we're gonna do so i just want to clear that up um so i did that thing where you know how you know what a word means because you know how to use it and you internalize the meaning, but you couldn't explain what it means to anybody. And I was like, shit, I feel like we should define what empathy means. And then I tried to define it and I went, don't think I'm doing a good job. So I went to the internet and I Googled. And actually I came up with um, a post or found a post that gave the definition of empathy in most sites say it the same way so that part was fine Mm -hmm. but they actually talked about three kinds of empathy and i don't know that we'll dive into that in this we're going to broadly just talk about empathy and how we view it as part of power exchange but i wanted to point out these three separate types of empathy 
were so fascinating to me. I was like, oh, I want to share this too. So mm-hmm. let's just start with, because I know we're all very sort of used to hearing the term empathy, even if it's not something we think about very often, it's, it's out there. Um, and you might be like, yeah, but what the fuck does that even mean? Especially when it's easy for the word empathy and sympathy to get used back and forth and they do have their own distinct meanings. Mm-hmm. Empathy uh, is the way emotional researchers define it is the ability to sense other people's emotions coupled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling. It's sort of the put yourself in someone else's shoes kind yes. of thing. Okay, that's that's the way I was not taught Kayla, you need to have empathy. I was taught, put yourself in their place. How do you think mm-hmm. they would feel? The, the, the old thing where uh, you, you don't know what somebody's going through till you walk a mile in their shoes. Right. Yeah. So in this particular article, which I will link in the show notes and I'll, I'll put in the YouTube description box later, um, I will link to it. So if you are interested in learning, thinking more about empathy and also these three types of empathy that -hmm. apparently psychologists are defining as separate from just our big broad definition of Mm -hmm. put yourself in somebody else's position. The three types are cognitive, emotional, and compassionate. So I'm going to define them real quick. Cognitive is simply knowing how the other person feels and what they might be thinking. Um, It's sometimes called perspective taking. So I think that's our basic empathy. I can imagine that that awful thing that happened to you feels awful. That's that's our our brain telling us. Yeah, it's a a thought process. Or you know, knowing that you've been sitting at your computer for twelve hours writing content, like I did yesterday. And my brain went to mush. And, you know, how you, how you feel when you... And understanding yeah. I'm exhausted. Right. I, yes, I was not outside what, digging ditches, but I yeah. am tired from the work I did. Un- understanding what that takes from you, yes. Right. Okay, so that's cognitive. I'm scrolling. Mm-hmm. Then we get to emotional empathy. And this one hit me because I have experienced this. Uh, emotional empathy is when you feel physically along with the other person as though their emotions were contagious. Mm-hmm. I have felt this in a couple of ways. One... When you are sad, I am sad. Right. Right. When um, you get anxious, I get anxious. Absolutely have felt that. I also have, and I, it might not come under actual empathy, but it feels like it fits. So when somebody I care about deeply, my husband, my children, my mother, show me where they've gotten scratched, hurt, an injury, I look at it and I have a, a full body visceral sensation I get up it runs up and down my legs it's a really weird feeling it's not the pain that they're feeling but it is a physical response to the emotion of oh gosh that must hurt and only with Mm -hmm. people I deeply deeply care about like if you want to measure how deeply I care about somebody let them show me their injury (laughs) and will I go oh my god that oh I can uh," because I actually feel a sensation in my body it is really weird yeah but I, also I've, yes when you I've, feel sad i feel sad i've seen your reactions when i've come in and i've had a cut on my hand i don't know how to ex- describe the feeling it's almost like a jolt of electricity goes up and down my legs mm. real quick it's really weird but yes so the emotional empathy i relate to yeah um and then the final one is compassionate empathy which i think compassionate empathy is where the conversation 
can go towards, certainly towards relationships, power exchange, but also to, yeah. towards societally, where we're talking about why empathy is important on a much broader scale. And that is um, compassionate empathy. With this kind of empathy, we not only understand a person's predicament and feel with them, but are spontaneously moved to help if needed. And I would go out on a limb that this is something that certainly can happen in power exchange. A submissive mm -hmm. sees a need of their dominant and is just gets it and is like, I have to help. A dominant sees what their submissive is going through and sort of that compulsion to help from a place of empathy. So I can already see the parallels. Um, <laughs> but that was, you know, the definition of empathy is put yourself in their place, imagine how they feel, being able to imagine how they feel um, in general. That's basically it. But these three breakdowns I really liked. And so when I found it, I was like, oh yeah, we're, I wanted to bring that up as a way to think about um, empathy as we go through the conversation with power exchange because empathy will can come out in different ways. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> Um, you have actually said this several times. I've seen several dominants talking in different spaces, both in our Discord and just online in general, where um, I think Master Venture over on Twitter, who is, if you're on Twitter and you're a Kingster, definitely follow him. Yes. Um, I know, I believe he's mentioned it too, about dominance and the need for empathy. So I would love to start there because I've mm -hmm. seen you having these conversations. And what do you think? Um, I I think empathy, and this is my, my personal I think empathy is something that's very important um, in a DS relationship. You know, it without it, you know, you kind of get that um, stereotypical, you know, what I want is all that matters. What, what I want is what, what matters. Yeah. The, the the stoic, you know, and you're gonna do as I say, mm -hmm. and that is so unrealistic. You know, and it kind of goes back to the thing that I've always felt, you know, you don't break your toys. Mm -hmm. That goes both physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. You're responsible just as much on one side for the physical well-being as the emotional and mental well-being mm -hmm. of, of your sub. And to do that, you have to have a degree of empathy. Right, you have to be able to sense how they might be feeling. This thing happened. What might that be doing to them on some level? Right. Like you said at the top, yes, yesterday I worked 12 hours mm -hmm. at my desk. A lot of content written. No, it is not the same as manual labor in any way, shape, or form. But you knew, one, because we have that relationship. But two, right. you could understand I was tired. Sure. And so your empathy for that, you were not out there issuing a bunch of orders. You were not out there pushing me to my limits or something. No. You were very you actually very much were in caregiver role. You were right. embodying your daddy at that, self. At that, at that point, yeah, I'm I'm more in caregiver role. What do you need? What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. Um you noticed last night, even though you didn't want to, like, come on, baby girl, it's time to get to bed. You need to get some rest. I know. <laughs> I know, and it's funny because I think that something like empathy is just one part of, oh gosh, an infinite number of reasons why things happen. It's part of the nuance. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, from a DS perspective, you telling me when to go to bed, there is absolutely the, these are the rules, I'm in charge, I set this. There's that aspect. Mm -hmm. There is also, I know exactly what kind of cranky butt you're gonna be tomorrow if you don't get enough sleep. There's that. And then there's the, I know you had a really long day today. I know you're tired. I know how tired I am. I can imagine how tired you feel. This is in your best interest as much as mine. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And so empathy is not, does not stand alone. It's part of all of the other things that go into why certain decisions can be made. And I think that empathy needs to be a part of why some decisions get made. Now, let's, let's make sure we have the caveat. Sometimes your kinky play Dom taking what Dom wants because that's hot in this moment. That we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's a different thing. But in general, the decisions you make for our relationship, which obviously has my input, mm-hmm. and the decisions you make for me, which has my consent, there are a lot of things that go into that decision. Those decisions, sure, processes. But empathy is one of them. What do I need? Where am I at? How might I feel now? How might I feel if you make a different decision? That's a lot mm-hmm. to be thinking about. You must it be is. exhausted. <laughs> I just sit over here being my submissive self. You go ahead. <laughs> do all the thinking. Well, I mean that that kind of goes without saying. You know, let's look at some of these things. I mean, if you like a couple days ago or last week towards the end of our your time off, mm-hmm. you got sick. You had a cold. Two days on the couch. Yeah. And believe me, as one who suffers from sinus infections, I know what that can do to you. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect anything of you. I pretty much let you lay on the sofa and sleep as much as you needed. That I knew I was sick because that was the first time. Normally when I'm like slightly ill, I will try to power through and you have mm-hmm. to you have to make me sit still. Right. And this time I was, no, I was out of it. I was like, exactly. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to be over here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you didn't go big bad asshole on me. You were like, yeah, that's exactly what you need. Again, it goes back to empathy. Now, as soon as you were better, that was a whole different story. But again, it goes back to that whole (laughs) empathy is just one part of the puzzle because there was the don't break your toys. There was the if you didn't let me rest, I was just going to be miserable. There is we live in the time of a plague. Nobody's sick should be leaving their house if they can help it. And I didn't have to. So why would I? And then also it's I know what that's like. I know what that's going to do to her if she doesn't get her rest. And it's. That level of empathy is part of the responsibility and care that a dominant needs to have on some level, Mm because every dynamic's different, but some level in a power exchange. Because you're making decisions that are supposed to benefit, yes, you, yes, the submissive, yes, the the relationship in general. Purely purely selfish reasons. I want you to be better so you can... Yeah, that's that's the complexity of it. Like, yes, yeah. there are also the selfish reasons. I think I think a lot of times when we talk about empathy, we think it's supposed to like live in a box away from everything else, and it's supposed to like not interfere with all of the other reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I can have a selfish reason and an empathetic reason why this is a good decision. Yeah, but even even like when you have when your anxiety flares up, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. When when your anxiety flares up, one. There is no doming you out of it. Right. We we learned that real quick early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried. Yeah, we, we tried and then that failed miserably. Yep. Um, so, you know, I know and and we have been together long enough that I can generally see when your anxiety is starting to flare. I know I know most of the signs at this point. Sure. 
And I will turn to you and say, you know, look, I, I love you. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know what I can do. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. To help you through this. And that actually proves that empathy does not mean you have to have a direct understanding of what the other person's feeling. Because mm-hmm. you have not gone through anxiety and do not have generalized or social anxiety in the way that I do. You understand nervousness. You understand worry, which are two, fear, you, are some of the base yeah. emotions of anxiety. So that also proves that you don't have to have a one-to-one understanding of that to, to be empathetic. To just be able to understand, gosh, that must be difficult. I cannot possibly know what, exactly what it feels like, but I know that's difficult. And I know that's difficult for you. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, you follow up the empathy with, how, what do you need from me? How can I help? Um, what I appreciate about you is sometimes I know exactly what I need and I'm mm-hmm. in a headspace where I can say, this is what I need. And sometimes I am not. No. And I go, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm I'm. It's it's bad up here right now. Is that's a lot of what I sometimes say when I can't articulate. Yeah. And the next step you do, I think, is is important. You do not push when you know that I can't no. express it the way you might need me to or want but, me but to. But what I will do is, I'll give you your space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If there, if you do know of something you need, I am here. Let me know. Right. And what I, I I love about that, and part of this is the longevity of our relationship so far as power exchange. Mm-hmm. So I am no longer nervous about letting you know what I need. Early days, it might have been different. But now, when you say that, I know you mean that. I know right. that I can come to you and say, this is what I need. Now, that does not mean that that makes it automatically easier. Not because... You make it difficult. The fact that you are expressing empathy and being so supportive is what makes it easy. It's in my own head where I've got the script going of I'm supposed to be this kind of submissive. I'm supposed to be this kind of wife. I'm supposed to be this Mm -hmm. kind of mom. I'm supposed to do these things in this role. That will stop me. What will allow me to push through that momentary fear is Mm -hmm. knowing that you are so understanding on the other side. Case in point, got sick those two days. One of those days was the 15-year-old's band awards banquet. They did it as a picnic outside. I was like, great, the whole family can go. I didn't want to go out in nature, but I desperately wanted to see my (laughs) kid get whatever accolades he might get and just be around his band friends and the homies as he refers to them um because i've not met half of the homies yet and i was like i'm gonna go meet half the homies okay so there we are that day and i wake up and i'm oh i'm dragging ass i'm sick and i'm still trying to power through i take my shower i'm doing Mm -hmm. my morning stuff i'm like getting through and in my head i'm like i think i'm too sick to go anywhere i i don't see how i can sit at this picnic for all this time and sit through this and you were doing all the things you just described what do you need? How can I help? I know mm-hmm. you don't feel good here. Let me give you something to take. You're taking care of me, which I appreciate. And in my head, I'm thinking, I don't think I can go today. I really don't think I can go today. The thing that stopped me from saying something had nothing to do with you, had everything to do with what I wanted to be doing as both a parent and a submissive partner and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And it was knowing, not knowing, because I don't think I had a a cognitive understanding. It was the, it was feeling that you would understand and Mm -hmm. knowing that you understand those tough times and you empathize with them and you give me 
you take care of me in such a way that you don't have expectations of who I am as a submissive and the, the tasks and the rules and the protocols and the routines in those situations, that's what made me find. And it was really pitiful because I'm like laying on the couch. I turn my head and I go, daddy, daddy. <laughs> He's like, what? I don't think I'm going today. And actually I got this sense that you were waiting for me to admit it. You were like, hell no, you're not going today. <laughs> right? <laughs> like this was a question. Well, in yeah. my mind it was, but all of the factors that go into our relationship working so well, including mm -hmm. up to and including your empathetic nature right. gives me the space and the safety to say the things I don't want to be true. I don't want to not do the thing I said I was going to do. I also don't want to be sick. And for you, it was a no brainer, like, duh, you're not going. And I was like, oh, right. I thought it was going to be a conversation. No. no. And I, I even took the 11 year old. Mm -hmm. So you had pretty oh, much half a day of. I just slept on the couch with my dog. That was, yeah. I mean, it was awful because I felt awful, but it was nice. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, nice. you had a, you had a quiet house. Yeah. It was restful. No was expectations nobody. of me and any mm -hmm. of my other roles. My right. job was to just be sick and get well and take whatever meds you handed me. Lots of Correct. Sudafed, which knocked me on my butt. That's yeah. what I learned. <laughs> I had never taken Sudafed before. It makes me sleepy. Um, so that's empathy as a dominant. Mm -hmm. Let me switch to empathy as a submissive. Okay. Um, again, only can only speak from my perspective. What I've noticed about empathy, the empathy I feel for you, is in a lot of situations I can relate to how you must feel. The old job, the work stress you had with a, just a truly shitty boss, definitely could relate. When your sister was ill and, and dying, could definitely relate. Um, what I, I tend to be a little overly empathetic. <laughs> um, I only show that and let that be visible um, with people like you that I'm comfortable mm -hmm. with, that I have that relationship with. Um, what makes me kind of a wreck in other parts of life is when I'm feeling empathetic for all the things going on in the world and it, I, I kind of get emotionally wrecked from it. So that's a thing I gotta work on. But in those cases, I what that led me to do from a submissive perspective was because I also am a service submissive, my empathy for where you're at and what you're going through, especially in tough times, is to want to serve more. Now, what, and we've talked about this in past episodes, I have to discover the best way to serve because sometimes what I want to do to serve is not what you need me to do, right. but the desire to take care of you because I can imagine exactly how hard something is for you. Um, and I have those, those experiences and those emotions and that connection is that I tend to find that I don't notice my own aches and pains, my own exhaustion in those moments because my focus is on what do you need? What can I mm. offer that will make your life a little easier? What can I do to share the, the load and the burden? What can I do to make you smile and laugh? So how I act on that empathy and that care really is trying to figure out what is best suited to both the moment and your needs. Yeah. Um, early days when we were still figuring ourselves out, that was a little rougher than it is now because um, a bad day at work, sometimes you didn't have it in you to laugh. You know, right. you just came home and kind of like collapsed in a chair and didn't really talk to anybody. So then I learned, let me Prop just- Pop me up in my corner and leave me alone. Right. Yeah. So let me take care of things around you that don't require your decision-making abilities, but I know you need them done. 
when your sister was ill, then it was, we figured out, as we talked about before, yeah. you did not have the capacity to be a dominant. So I just took care of what I knew needed to be taken care of and mm -hmm. eased off on the decision-making for you. I have learned that in times of high stress, your sense of humor diminishes greatly. Yes. See, the more stressed I am, the more I want to crack on a, a joke. The more stressed you are, the less you tolerate that because you hear jokes as... Um, like we went through this yesterday because yeah. we were waiting for there to be an argument about something that there was no argument about. But I was cracking jokes and teasing and you took those personally as if I right. was slighting you. And then we almost got into an argument because I was like, I know you're stressed. I'm trying to make you laugh. And you're like, I don't want to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so the empathy. Let me be grumpy. <laughs> know, right? And then I'm like, I'm dealing with my own trauma. I can't handle it when you're grumpy. This is not good for me. And then there's a clash of our bad tapes and it's yeah. empathy is there, but then it's all mixed. It's, it's complicated. Muddy waters. Very muddy waters. <laughs> so I think empathy as a submissive only gets me so far. It gets me to the point of, okay, what can I do? How can mm -hmm. I help? I know you need something because I know you're in a place right now, an emotional state. What can I do? I, the danger I find as a submissive, we talked about this before, I like to do, oh gosh, what's the word? Anticipatory. Yes. To the um, extent that works for us and we figure it out for ourselves. I like to, to anticipate your needs. Anticipating needs in an empathetic way because you're trying to help somebody uh, with us has about a 50-50 shot of success. I mean, because <laughs> half the time I've got it wrong. Half the time... I either, I might not have it right when I start, but I can get it there. Like I can tease you into it. I can pull you into it. What would be better, and it's where I, I fail. My empathy pushes me to want to, to take care of it, you, the thing, whatever. Yeah. My anticipatory service submission makes me want to fix it without consulting you. And then when I remember, wait, don't, don't, that did not go well last time. And I talk to you. Then my impatient nature has to take over because most of the time when you're in that space where things are rough or bad for you, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm as empathetic as I can be, but you don't want the help I can offer or that's you're not there yet. Then you're like, I don't want to talk about it right now. We'll deal with this later. Just I need some time and space and that right. and it is right and proper that I go, okay. But in my head, I'm like, I don't want to. I want to fix this right now. And I have learned, there's a lot. I'm a fixer. So there's that. We've talked about that before yeah. in past episodes. But also it is the nature of the people I empathize with. And I empathize with a lot of people. Um, but especially the people I love and care about. And, you know, mm. I'm married too. Um, <laughs> the idea of you being in distress puts me in distress. Yeah. And it's a physical, it goes back to that, um, that both the emotional and cognitive um empathy i physically feel it and i am compelled to help you but if the other person doesn't want that then you can't be forcing that on people and so then I, yeah and then it's a consent thing and i'm like oh fuck i gotta back up because i'm about to hit a limit and a point where you don't you don't want what i'm offering and that is actually that's my problem to deal with but that is also hard for me that's not your problem okay. to deal with but yeah hmm. so well it's it's a it's a tough thing and I had this little thought. Remember how we talk about communication? When? And all the times or just some of the times? Yeah. And <laughs> those times. <laughs> those times. And 
we talked about how, you know, when somebody comes to you and, and they tell you they need to talk, mm-hmm. and as a good listener, it, you know, you, you tell them, well, do you just need an ear to chew on? Do you need do you validation? Want, do you want advice? Or, or do you want yeah. advice? Right. And I, I think the whole empathic thing mm-hmm. kind of leans the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know? feel like empathy is not just listening with your ears. It's listening with, like, your whole self. Yeah. Because you're, ideally, you're putting yourself mm-hmm. in somebody's position. But, you know, just like me, I mean, sometimes I like to try and think things through mm-hmm. first myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you come to me and you say, you know, what can I do to fix this? Let me help you, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I just need to be left alone to Mm -hmm. to noodle things for a while and quite frankly that is the mature uh responsible answer to most of it most of the time we rush in to fix the thing we just fuck it up some more (laughs) and i know that and i don't in my own self i'm the same way i take my time to try and think things through but yeah it's (laughs) it's like the the not great side of empathy i i feel what you're feeling Mm -hmm. i don't want you to be feeling that and I am now in distress because you are distressed and what what happens is I make my distress the center of everything which is not good you were the one in distress I am just relating a little too well and it really needs to be you're in distress by proxy yes yes (laughs) that that is a very real thing there is a very real reason I had to take Twitter off my phone everybody's thoughts and feelings were coming at me Mm -hmm. and I was relating to all well, of them. Well, there there are a number of people mm-hmm. who are such natural empaths. They can pick up oh god, yeah. feelings from people oh, all around. Oh, I can around. tell you a vibe when I walk in a room, that one's having a bad day, that one's mad that, at somebody. Ooh, that in and of itself shit. is draining on people. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, that that can be exhausting. It's exhausting. So, yeah. And from what I have Thankfully, maybe this is why I don't like being around too many people and picking up too much damn energy. I don't know. Look, we, we have entered the woo-woo section of things. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you've been forewarned. I'm not a I'm not a woo-woo person, I think. But yes, I, it's, a, it's a vibe thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, I think the one thing I'll say, your empathic abilities or your ability to empathize, my ability to empathize, mm-hmm. what it can do when we remember to like stop trying to fix things. Uh, is it can make a person a good listener because yeah. there is something about telling you about a thing, good, bad, or otherwise, that I know you don't completely relate to. You haven't gone through it. You you don't know exactly what I'm feeling. Yeah. But knowing that you will lean into that empathy and at least make the attempt to sort of try to understand right. and can understand on an abstract level makes it easier than to tell you more things, which I would go back and say that is another thing, a reason to maybe work that empathy muscle because I think it can make you a better listener now. It can make, um, it can also make you a basket case. It can also make you a chronic fixer who annoys everybody because you're like, <laughs> look, I'm feeling what you're feeling and I don't want to feel this way. So let us fix this together. I've got a five step plan for you. Okay. And that is not, that's not what most people want or need. Um, but if you can figure out the balance of how to express your empathy and how to be empathetic, then yeah, now you're doing the hardest part of communication, which is listening and yeah. taking in 
what um, the other partner is saying, that they're saying with their words, they're saying with their energy and that they're expressing based on their needs that maybe even they're not even expressing yet, that they're working up to. Um, another, I'd like to get your take on this. Empathy, let's get to the, let's get to the fun stuff because empathy can be a heavy topic. Mm -hmm. How do you think, or do you think, empathy comes into play in kinky fuckery? In the kink, kinky shit we do? Ooh. <laughs> ooh. I made him say ooh. Well, I think I could say to the fact that, like, when you would come to me and say, Daddy, my skin feels tight. Yes, that was my code for I'm very that, anxious. That, that was your code for you're very anxious, yeah. that, you, that you were anxious. Mm -hmm. And at that point... I knew what you were asking for. You were you wanted to be spanked. A cathartic spanking. A yep. cathartic spanking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of plays into it. Yeah. In that aspect. Being able to give me what I need even when yeah. I can't just say. When you can't I'm, articulate I'm it. I'm better yeah. now. I'll be like, look, when the fuck are you going to spank me again? Right. I can really use it. I'm way better than I used to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I can think of a, a way, and I don't think it's totally empathy. I think it's back to empathy as one part of a, a complex, nuanced thing. But I think about the energy exchange you and I have gone through mm -hmm. during kink scenes. So even though from the outside looking in, some scenes, certainly our scenes, can look like I'm a passive participant. I am strapped to the cross. I'm laid over the spanking bench. Mm -hmm. I'm on the bed. I'm not really moving. I'm just presenting my ass. Happy right. to do. Uh, and you were doing all the work. Now, clearly you were getting something from that or it wouldn't be this mutual great thing that we do. And I'm clearly getting something from it as well. But I know that you and I, to, between one another, in some scenes, definitely at clubs. God, I can't wait till we're really mm -hmm. post-plague. But... Um, we start to feed on one another this back and forth. We sometimes are speaking, sometimes we're not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's you strike with a toy a certain way and my body moves in a certain way towards it, away from it. Right. We start the dance. Sometimes it's truly a dance on Kayla's tippy toes because you're hitting in certain ways that you know are going to make mm -hmm. me react a certain way. You're doing it to get the reaction. I give you the reaction, one, because I can't help it, but two, I know it's going to lead to other things. And there are there's a lot of, of factors at play there, but I wonder if empathy on some level couldn't be part of it not to where you can understand we can each understand how the other is physically feeling mm -hmm. but that emotional feeding the emotional level yeah 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 like i know that when i when i do i'm making these noises or moving my body because that's what's feeling natural it's not like i'm forcing myself to do it but i also know consciously that when i do this you will react this way and you will respond this way because you will feel empowered or sadistic yeah. or whatever satisfied in some way and so we're it's a chicken and egg thing which one happened first to start this process but it mm -hmm. was Maybe it's a bit of understanding 
how the other feels about not just what is being done to them or you're doing, but also how we respond to it and we mm-hmm. feed that. And it's a it's an energy exchange. Here we are at the woo-woo. It's a cycle. But it, it's is, a cycle. You feed me, I feed you. Is part of that some form of empathy? Maybe not completely, maybe not even like, it might just be a teeny tiny little bit. Mm-hmm. But are we able to have that kind of energy exchange because we understand and feel the pleasure we are both receiving and giving. I know how good I feel. I also know mm-hmm. how good you feel. And so that feeds itself. I, I think that makes total sense. I think that makes total sense. I, I'm because just, I'm giving you what you need. Mm-hmm. And in return, if you're enjoying what I'm giving you, it feeds back to me. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right. And we're going back and forth. Yeah. And we know, especially when it's a it's like, I mean, this doesn't happen every scene, but sometimes you just, it all clicks. Like it's, sure. everything is running perfectly smoothly. It's as if you choreographed it. It's as if it was meant to be exactly whatever you just did in that scene. Mm-hmm. For us, that's a lot of impact play. And when it's almost a flow state, when we hit that state, we are speaking to one another without ever exchanging physical words. Mm-hmm. We are speaking with actions and looks and body movement. Right. And it there is a pleasure in not just receiving what we get from that, but mm-hmm. giving the pleasure yeah. to the other person. And and sometimes that energy overflows to others. Yeah. I, I mean, we've had people come yes. up to us after a scene, you know, like, oh, my God, that was wonderful. I, I could feel... You know, this, I, I feel that. I live for those moments. I live for and, those moments. And, you know, prior to everything that happened in the world, I used to go to the clubs. I, I, I unlike you, I love watching scenes. I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> and, and I felt that on that level, too, watching other people, I could, you know, their, their emotional give and take Mm -hmm. overflowed and we have i remember watching a scene like that one time and i was like damn yes i wish i was a voyeur Uh, yeah (laughs) yep yep i i know yeah yeah Yeah, that was like that was an impact play scene and that was mm -hmm. we actually once watched two scenes happening simultaneously and they were throwing the energy back and forth and i know somebody out there's like they're throwing the energy look oh yeah all i'm saying is this scene on the right was (laughs) fairly intense and they were in their moment and their bubble kind of like what i just described with us right and then over here these people were in their bubble do Mm -hmm. going back and forth with each other and they were in perfect flow states and they were just they were in it together and then something i don't know i don't know what happened but next thing you know their rhythms matched up to they're, each they're, other their bubbles intersected oh my god it was a venn diagram <laughs> yes. of kink energy and it was fucking amazing and i was like i hate watching but i am so glad i'm here for this um, <laughs> as an exhibitionist though when we hit that state and it does like i said it does not happen all the time when we hit that state with one another and somebody else can be like i watched that and i felt that and that i'm like yeah, I did that. I didn't do shit. But, you know, yeah. I, my good girl side comes out. I'm like, oh, okay. Because, you know, <laughs> one, I, I like I like to be praised for having done well. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, um, there is a thing of kind of just knowing you just had this 
really positive, good experience. And to yeah. know that others felt that, that's, there's a little validation mm -hmm. there. Uh, but also, I like to throw out good vibes. I don't. Sure. I'm too cranky, but I like to throw out good vibes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, I think as with all things, we talk about topics like empathy mm -hmm. as if they are black and white binary things and that they exist in a bubble and they don't touch anything else. I think it is just, it's one sliver of a pie. It's, right. it's part of the complexity of how we make decisions, how we care mm -hmm. for one another. Mm -hmm. um, if I were to break it down in simple ways, what I would say is as a, if you're a dominant or a top, empathy is going to help you make decisions um, about what a submissive needs or what's gonna happen in your relationship because you are, even if you're not verbally asking for, you know, what do you need? You are taking their needs into account and we should sure. be taking each other's needs into account and there should be the actual conversation of, well, what do you need? What would help, blah, blah, blah. But when you have empathy for your partner and can up, put yourself in that position and, and know how difficult something is, how tired they are, how whatever, whatever, even on the positive side, then you can, help you can do things that hopefully don't make that worse or make it mm -hmm. better um and make better decisions as a submissive i think empathy with your dominant depending on how your submission plays out can help you give the your dominant what they need most as you learn it i don't think just because you have empathy for somebody you know exactly what needs to be done you know what you might need to be done but that might not be what somebody else needs um, mm -hmm. But I think it puts us in a place, a better place of understanding. And so then trying to find the right solution to something. And sometimes the solution is there is no solution and you do nothing but yeah. get through it. But trying to figure that out together, because again, this goes back to another topic we've, we've done, which is on teamwork and the fact that we are a team. Right. And the we're trying to get to the same place together. We're trying to get the same outcome together. And empathy is a part of making sure that there's the together in it. Right. And we are taking each other's feelings into consideration. So I think empathy as a submissive can help you s submit and serve and give whatever it is you do in your submission to your dominant partner. Mm -hmm. Dominant, I think it helps you make better decisions. Together, yes. I think it means it keeps you in that teamwork frame of mind. Because yeah. if we are in this together and we are not adversari adversaries, only time we ever might come across as, as being on opposite ends of anything is when we're playing. Because you're giving and I'm taking and maybe I'm play fighting back and maybe mm -hmm. you're play fighting. And yeah, the, then it looks like we're we're opposite. It's a yin and yang kind of thing. Yeah. But in the relationship, the empathy for one another helps as one part of a broader nuanced spectrum. Helps you come together to try to find the best solution for both of you. Um, I think what where things go wrong is when one partner is empathetic to the other, but the other is not at all empathetic. That whole crap trope of I'm the dom, I get what I want, I do what I want, your needs <laughs> don't matter, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I have no fucking time for that shit, okay? Tell because, me how you really feel about it. I mean, I don't, I could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I just did. Because yes, there are times in scenes and in kink moments where that's hot and great and go for mm -hmm. it. And we play with that. Yeah. But to make a relationship like a power exchange work, it is it can't be one sided or it's no. not gonna work. You've either burnt out your submissive, you've built resentment, people aren't getting what they need, 
it's it's toxic, it's potentially abusive. Like there are a lot of things go, that go wrong. Yeah. And so if it if all you can imagine is what you care about and what is good for you and you can't even try to figure out and whatever method will work best for you to how the other person feels, then what are you're, you're not a team. You're in no way a team. Now, sometimes I'm sometimes I'm kind of glad I'm not in charge because you can be empathetic with where I'm at and what I feel and believe and usually be right that the decision you have to make might not make me feel better in the moment. Mm -hmm. You are empathetic to the fact that when I'm tired, I feel like I haven't gotten any time to rest and relax at the end of my day. And I don't wanna go to bed on time (laughs) because I wanna watch more YouTube and that would make me happy. You are empathetic to it, but you know that the right decision is to go my ass to bed on time Mm -hmm. so I can handle tomorrow. Empathy is not a, a catch-all where you just make perfect decisions. You do sometimes have to make decisions that are that that understand that empathize with the problem, but the decision a different decision has to be made to be best for everybody. To be especially from perspective of a dom, to be mm-hmm. best for what I need. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, so. it's it's just the same too. You know, there's there's that little bit of a, a stigma that you know, as a dom, you shouldn't show emotions Mm. okay and i think to a certain extent there's the same kind of thing with empathy Mm -hmm. you know and that it makes you weak and it doesn't i i think overall it makes you stronger stronger. yes i think it it makes you stronger i think it makes it can make you a better communicator Mm -hmm. i think it can it's not an automatic i think it can make for stronger relationships I think it can make mm-hmm. for better scenes. I think it it's not the magic bullet, it's not the magic pill no. to fix everything. I also think like anything, it's a skill. If you have lived enough of a life of privilege in whatever way that might mean, that you just, it's never occurred to you to think what somebody else might be thinking <laughs> or feeling. I think that, that you can learn that. I think that mm-hmm. there, um, there may be people who are just wired a certain way where that's difficult. What I would say is if you want to learn more empathy, I think it starts with learning how to listen, to truly listen. Yeah. Not to hear in order to respond. And but observe. Listen to, to take in information and to maybe ask questions. Get curious about people, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, the lack of empathy in a broad view tends to, to look like from the outside, looks like all you care about is you you and yours and you don't actually care about anybody else. Um, and I think sometimes for some people that is true. They just don't and mm-hmm. okay. I think sometimes it's you've not had to, like something about your life, you've always been around the exact same kind of people as you or you've never really interacted with people different from you. And so you could you thought you could safely assume you know, we all have the same experiences. I don't have to actually try to empathize with you. Um, but I think it's a skill worth practicing. I think even if you are an empathetic person, it's still a skill that needs practicing. Listening, mm-hmm. asking questions, genuinely caring what the other person that you're interacting with is telling you and, and, and conveying to you. And, and getting rid of the assumption that you are always right or your take on something Like I say this as a person who follows her gut a lot and my instincts a lot. My gut and instinct are not always right. Just because a thought popped into my head does not mean it is the right one, okay? Um, I think empathy also is a little bit of letting go of your ego a bit. Um, Not completely, but 
it means having to come away from yourself a little bit and go, I want let me see if I can imagine what that person's feeling. That person has had a different experience than mine. It is no better or worse than my experiences. Let me see if I can relate to it. Um, and I think for some people, it's also ego-driven that they don't think they have mm. to, that everybody knows. I get very mm, twitchy when I start hearing, well, everybody knows this is how this should go or everybody feels this way. Everybody don't feel shit, y'all. I just, okay, I'm not yelling at y'all because I know y'all get it. That's why y'all are here, but the general y'all of the people I see on the internet, which is why I had to delete Twitter off of my phone. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> no, everybody doesn't get it. Everybody no. doesn't have those experiences. And that shouldn't hold us back from empathy either. So right. it's, I, I mean, I I think empathy is super, super duper important in general. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it's, oh, yeah. it has helped many a power exchange relationship. I think empathy absolutely plays a part in good kink scenes. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, do you have anything else you'd like to say? I, about I think we've. I mean, I think we've made our, our views clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's a big complex subject, and there's going to be nuance, and every situation will be slightly different. Sure. So, the way we view it might not be quite how you view it, and that's okay. Or the things we've experienced with empathy in our relationship might not relate to your own, and I think that's okay. I think just thinking about empathy and how you can be more empathetic, or how your empathy has led you astray, uh, says the submissive who has totally tried to fix shit that was not hers to fix <laughs> because I was feeling it too much. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think, um, I think that's it. Um, and I, um, Juniper in the live stream chat said something that I think is, is also important. Um, so there's a difference between being an empath, which tends to be those of us who are like feel all the energy mm-hmm. high things, uh, and being empathetic. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think people get yeah. stuck on the potential woo-woo and never bother to hone the skill of empathy because they don't believe in that. Um, and I, I would agree. There is a difference between being an empathic person who just, I can feel all the things and it's too much and I can't handle mm. crowds, versus sitting one-on-one with a person or thinking about a group of people. And being and empathizing and learning how to empathize with those unique individual feelings with this mm-hmm. this person you're dealing with or this thing that you're encountering that maybe a group of people have experienced. I mean, uh, racism and BDSM is totally a fucking thing. And if you have been on the privileged side of never experiencing that, yeah, you're going to have to work to empathize. But that's not a woo-woo thing. That's a I'm going to go deep, do some listening, pay attention, hear what people are saying and and figure out how I can empathize with certain things so that maybe I can be, uh, I can change things for the better and I can be part of that change. Hmm. Um, that also being empathetic means you need to be consciously thinking about the fact that people have different experiences than you and their experiences are valid and, and the way they, their feelings are valid. Feelings are valid, how we handle feelings we gotta work on, there can be differences there, but just understanding that other people can have the same experience as you and walk away with a different experience of it. Like they can have the, do the same activity you did, be in the same room with you and have a completely different take on it and completely different experience of it. And then trying to empathize with that. Like, okay, what don't I know? What what questions do I need to ask? Uh, Google is your friend. Don't just randomly ask random people to educate you on things. I'll just put that <laughs> disclosure out there. Um, what do I need? You know, who do I need to listen to? How can I, how can I, how do I become more empathetic about this? And it is a skill. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the yeah. empath thing, whew, that, 
that's where I would go woo-woo. But being empathetic to another person or group of people, that's a skill. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jenny, for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. I went on another tangent because that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> we're going to stop now because, like I said, this is a this is a broader topic that yeah. leads into every facet of life, not just kink. Um, so, yeah, we could go on and on, but we're not going to. So, we are going to do a bonus section. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that's it. Yeah. Yes. Are we good? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? You always want to talk to the crickets. I do. I love the crickets. Okay, baby girl. Go Thank ahead. Thank you. Um, I would like to report back that last Number week's right episode closing to go from the end of the episode to the bonus section, um, JB was not as amused as I was by that. And if you don't know... What I'm referring to, it's episode 267. Just fast forward to the bonus section. In YouTube, I do uh, timestamps. I thought I was brilliant. I thought I played the part of JB very well in that reenactment. Um, He did not necessarily agree, but he did laugh. He laughed very hard. Um, Okay, so uh, we're in the bonus section. Uh, What do we got? Not much. Uh, I want to thank... Lola for not snoring through the entirety of today's episode. She is, I think she's dozing, not sleeping. She's got an ear flopped. She's on her side. She's living her best uh, Lola life. Uh, The cats are, I don't know what they are. I feel like we need to get them couples counseling. Um, Onyx nose booped Ella yesterday. Uh, and Ella did not beat the crap out of her. So we're going to call that progress. Um, also though, Onyx, uh, is avoiding the 15 year old and is being very slow to warm up to him because he smells of Ella. Um, so, uh, there's that. Uh, Ella, I woke up this morning, rolled out, was rolling over on my pillow and opened my eye and Ella was staring at me. (laughs) I was like, oh, hello. Uh, which meant that Onyx was nowhere near. So... They are still, I think that's just going to be a soap opera we're going to get to watch play out for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. This coming weekend, and actually podcast listeners, the day this episode comes out, it will be that day, that Friday. My mom is coming to town. Yeah. And she was going to bring her beagle, her eight or nine month old beagle, Max, because she doesn't like to leave him alone too much. And my stepdad is not around to take care of him during the day the way that she does. And so she was gonna bring him she's now since texted and said no i think max will be okay but i'm i'm raising and taking care of a six month old puppy that was just born um can i bring that and i'm like yes i never get to be around puppies uh, i should i need to text her back and go do do i need to buy extra pee pads like what is happening here right. um and if you're like what what's your mom doing my what my mom should do my mom should either open a rescue or be a foster is what she should do yeah she loves animals she loves dogs um but the reality is is that my stepfather 
hunts and he hunts with dogs and he has he and his friends they help each other when like they've got a pregnant dog and where can i i need to put this let this dog have a space to safely give birth and away from my other dogs and like all his hunting friends are like so many dogs there's so many dogs and he's got a ton of property and so it's a good space to have a lot of dogs where yeah. they live um but my mom has kind of earned the reputation for helping mama dogs when they have like a big old litter of babies help get them through and when those babies get sick um because there's not a lot of vet care in this world of uh, in this hunting world that my stepfather inhabits i have thoughts about that but that's not the place for it so she ends up nursing a lot of little babies and she loses some sadly um they had a couple of outbreaks of parvo in their dog area that oh my god was devastating um and then she you know kind of gets the the little ones where the healthy ones that make it to where they need to be and then she gets to say goodbye to them mm-hmm. and they go back to whoever is the the dog parent um for that mama dog and those puppies and then blah blah, blah. and every so often they do this trade where it's like oh you helped help my my dog have her babies you can keep one and then my mom's like look i have a puppy uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i wish and i don't know maybe she's she's lived multiple lives so far in her 60 years on this planet i hope one day she like I said, either starts a rescue or just becomes a foster dog mom because <laughs> I think she would totally, that would be her thing. That would totally be her jam. So yes, she's going to be traveling to us with a six-week-old puppy. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So, but um, yeah, so that's <laughs> happening. Um, the 11-year-old's going to spend more than a month at his grandma's house. Yep. So there's that happening. Um, what else? You and I have been doing lots of businessy things, which we we mm-hmm. actually we won't go into that here because we did a whole behind the scenes podcast for our Patreon. That's where we talk about that kind of stuff mostly. Yeah. Um, but now that I've talked about it, I feel like I have nothing else to talk about because all we've been eating, sleeping, breathing has been business stuff mm-hmm. lately. Um, we are gonna go into serious clean mode before my mom gets here on Friday. So she does not expect perfection. She knows we are four people, we work at home, we got a dog and two cats. Like she, and she's always said, you don't have to clean for me. I'm like, no, 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 but you raised me up. I have to clean. Mm -hmm. I saw what you did before family came to visit when I was a kid. I, I know what I have to do. But also we've been in this house for over a year. She's never seen it. She's never been in it. Right. And it's quite lived in and smells of dog and cat. And I'm like, it's going to smell of dog and cat. That's the nature of this. And I know we're nose blind to it. But also, I, I want the first impression she has of our house, which I'm very proud that we have this house, mm-hmm. to not sure. be wet dog. So <laughs> uh, I will be that, that uh, child who is the whirling dervish of cleaning. I have already uh, assigned tasks to everyone, including JP. Everybody knows what they'll need to be doing, and I will keep everybody on task. And we're starting Thursday, mm-hmm. and we're going into Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and I know the house won't be that clean again until the next time she comes, which thankfully will be about five weeks later, so I won't have to do quite as much. Uh, and then, like, whenever she comes again, that's when we'll do deep cleans. We'll just we'll just time them with my mom's visits, and she will <sighs> be uh, she will know what I've done because she used to do it. So it's not like she's going to think we live <laughs> in this clean, tidy place. Uh but she knows. She's like, you don't have to do it. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. But I also know who raised me. Hi, I know what we do. I know what we do before company comes. It's it's now in my DNA. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, 
Oh, Silent Winged asked what happens with the Patreon live stream. We, I've got to post another reminder on Patreon. Normally on the first Saturday of every month, mm-hmm. we do a live Q&A. I popped a thing in at the end of May. I'll pop another thing in uh, this week. We are postponing that by a week. So that will happen on June 12th. So if anybody has ever been interested in Patreon, then uh, yeah, when you join uh, at any level, you get access to a live Q&A every month. But we have moved that for this month because... I mean, my mom would be chill, but I don't want to do that while she's in the other room. Thanks. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So we've pushed everything else out of the way for yeah. this weekend. It's just, but I also haven't, I have not had a visit with my mom in about 15, 16 months. Right. And I haven't actually physically seen her face in a year. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, and also, we're gonna. My aunt and uncle bought a house during the plague, and we haven't gotten to see that yet. Well, either. just like they haven't so, got to see our house. There's either, gonna be so. a lot of show and tell yeah. between the two houses. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's mostly. I I front loaded. The reason I had a really long day day before recording and was so long at my computer was because I was trying to get as much work done at the early part of the week, so the later part of the week I can focus on getting the house ready. Lola's got to get a bath. Mm-hmm. She's got to go to the vet. Um, that's an expensive vet vet bill. Because she needs her allergy shot and her nails clipped and her two tests and a checkup. And <laughs> every time we go, so our vet does this, um, you can earn points and rewards that you can then use for like dollar off your vet visits. And when we go and it <laughs> is so expensive for her every time. Um, every time they're like, you know, you've earned so many rewards. We can take $30 off your bill. I'm like, you go for it. <laughs> have at it. Please and thank you. Yep, have at it. <laughs> yeah, between the medications and just her quarterly visits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, keep me on that reward plan. It's right? fine. Yeah. But I like this vet because they use a system, which I know is like a vet system, like that's available nationwide kind of deal where I can use an app to request appointments and refills. Um, Mm -hmm. I can confirm appointments by text. I store all of their information in the app. And so like, it's all just there. And I'm just like, and I, and I love, I love the people who work at our vet. They are wonderful. They're wonderful people. They really are. They really are. So yeah, we've got all that. Mm -hmm. There's just, as always, as always, I don't know why every time, every week I'm like, oh gosh, there's so much going on. There's always so much going on. Hmm. All that is life. I wouldn't know what to do if there wasn't so much going on. I'd be like, I don't know what to tell you. There is less going on. Mm -hmm. Then I know me, I catastrophize. I'd be like, why is there less going on? Why are we not (laughs) as busy? What is wrong? What has happened here? And I would have to find the reason, which Mm -hmm. would then make me a basket case and so much would be going on. I fix the problem by finding a problem mm. and making it a problem. <clears throat> I am an enigma. Um, yeah, okay, I guess that's all I got. <laughs> I want to keep talking to y'all. I'm having a good time chatting with y'all. Mm-hmm. Also, we started recording at 9 o'clock this morning. We batch recorded all the mini podcast episodes for the month of June. Yep. We recorded next week's video. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing this and apparently recording five things and then getting me here to do this. I'm on fire. But also I'm energized because I get energy from doing this. Sure. I will crash later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get a lot of energy from doing this. Yeah. Uh, so I could keep going, but I won't because somebody's giving me a look. And and my my big news, yes. Friday. <gasps> That's right. My motorcycle came That's home. That's right, I forgot. Your motorcycle did come home. 
You have, and you've ridden it two or three times now. Uh, three times. Yep. Um, riding home from the shop, I took the very long route home. <laughs> <laughs> Was it um, nice on all the levels? You can decide all the levels uh, to feel the motorcycle under you again. Oh to yeah. To have your legs wrapped around it again. Oh yeah. I'm oh, jealous yeah. of both the motorcycle and you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd like to both wrap my arm, my legs around, and be wrapped around. Yeah. Just, just saying. Just saying. Hey, we're already demonetized on YouTube. Let's just yeah, go let's for just, fucking broke just now. Just go for broke. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, it 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 came home. Uh, it it, it actually came in two hundred dollars cheaper. Cheaper than what expensive. they um than than what they uh, quoted me for, yes. which I was really very happy about. Told me a lot about the shop. Yeah. Just in that alone, and um, they did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. They did a fantastic job. I mean, they, they took their time. They went through everything, looked at it. Um, it wasn't even really as bad as I thought. Um, now, they um, redid the, the fuel lines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, exactly, Mr. Spong. You actually made it back from the shop without having to go back in, immediately back. But you were also paranoid. You were looking for gas leaks every morning. After you got the, home, the, the you're first, like, the first, yeah, first couple of mornings on out there. Okay, is it leaking? Is it leaking? Um, no, they they actually redid the fuel lines the way the fuel lines are supposed to be done. Yeah. Yes. So, and charged you less. And charged me they less. Said they might. It was so, still a lot of money. It, it was. It was. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so Friday, Saturday morning, I I was up and out on the bike, mm-hmm. and and it was just beautiful. It was an early morning ride. Uh, the sun was just coming up. The air was still cool, and yes. we live very close to um, a lot of state parks and, and national and, forest. And national mm-hmm. forest. So there, there's a lot of um, open country road. Mm-hmm. So uh, Saturday and Sunday, I was out mm-hmm. uh, riding both mornings, and it was just absolutely amazing and wonderful. And yesterday and today, I realized that it had been such a long time that I've been seriously riding a bike. My calves are retaliating. I have to work out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not riding yet because you have to get your. It, your it's it's been a while, and and I need to even I, I need to get my comfort level back yes. uh, a little bit too before I start taking any and anybody I, riding. And I understand that right now I couldn't wear a pair of jeans if you that I own, currently own that if mm-hmm. you paid me those are not going up over these hips they yeah. are not buttoning they're not zipping so I don't want to buy new jeans just to ride on the bike. Yeah, give it a minute. <laughs> and and Mr. Spot the 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 bike I have now that I've had. Um, it has only ever had ethanol-free gas in it. Uh, somebody told me that years ago. Um, I, I've always put ethanol-free gas. And when I know I'm not going to ride the bike for a while, I will turn the petcock off, run the bike till the carburetor is, is empty. And even the guy at the, the shop said that saved my carburetor. I did not have to have any carburetor work done. Um, by doing that between the ethanol and and keeping the carburetor dry in between, um, that that saved my carb from having to be. So for those of you like me who do not speak engines, motorcycles, or anything <laughs> mechanical, let me interpret. Bike 
go vroom vroom for a long time (laughs) with the right gas in it. Put your cute helmet on and let's go. That's all I fucking heard. (laughs) I offer my translating services to those who need them. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Good job, girl. I have a brand new helmet that has purple butterflies all Mm -hmm. over it. I still haven't gotten to wear it and ride it out because... We got moved. We got the. We were we were getting the bike fixed. Finally, mm-hmm. we we're super excited. We bought new helmets. You got yours scraped up. Yeah. I still haven't worn mine, and the bike's been like it hasn't been fixed and rideable in what a year and a half, two years, maybe longer. Three years. Three years. Yeah. Thank God that thing's paid for. If we were paying a note oh. on it, <laughs> I'd be so mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be so mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And yeah, X. That's that's absolutely true. Any any small two stroke, um, all the mowers, any mowers I use, um, any anything like that, small gas engine, all gets the ethanol free, and uh, I even put um, sea foam in there, so the gas stays stable. Let me translate for those of you like me who are like, <laughs> put the right things in your vroom vroom, and it will continue to go vroom vroom for you. Very good. You're good at this. <laughs> You're good at this. You have a future. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Somebody uh, should give me an internet connection and a microphone. I could do wonders. <laughs> Keep up the good work. We're in a good mood if you can't tell. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Anything mm-hmm. else? I think that's I, it. I can't believe I forgot the motorcycle. I feel bad. I'm sorry. I forgot the motorcycle. Um, okay. I didn't. I, no, I know. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I think that's it for us this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week mm-hmm. in our, in our glory. I don't know what the topic, uh, will be, but I got, so, I got a lot of ideas. Oh, yeah. And some big topics. Kind of like mm-hmm. empathy is kind of a big topic, but it's, it's yeah, I got, I got some. Mm-hmm. We're coming with it. Anyway, uh, talk to you later. Yep. Um, we'll be back next week. All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Thanks for being here with us. Bye. Bye.